This episode of Impact Bound is brought to you by the Modern Welding Company in Kentucky, Ohio, and Iowa. Longtime supporters of Impact and the petroleum marketers in each state. And the official 2023 Impact Bound sponsor. Modern Welding Company has been in business since 1932 and is the largest steel tank manufacturer in the United States, fabricating above-ground and underground tanks designed to meet construction standards and your tank storage needs. Professional pride isn't just an idea at Modern Welding, it's a tradition. Since 1932, their team of fabrication professionals has provided fast, quality service, maintained the highest standards of design and fabrication, and employed the finest craftsmen in the industry to serve their customers. Learn how Modern Welding can take care of tank storage needs at modweldco.com. You're listening to Impact Bound. And now, this is Impact Bound. Well, welcome to Impact Bound, the podcast for the Midwest Petroleum and Convenience Store Trade Show 2023, coming to Indianapolis, April 4th through the 6th. I'm your host, Brian Clark, and in the studio with us today, we have our two speakers from our upcoming general session on April 5th, starting at 9 a.m. We'll be featuring the latest industry update from two key industry leaders. With us today is Lori Bus stillman from NAX and Denton Sinquigrana from Opus. Now, Denton is the chief oil analyst of Opus. He provides in his presentation how first quarter has ended and how the market's attention turns into summer driving season. And he's going to talk with us a little bit about that today. And Lori Stillman is the NAX Vice President of Research and Education. She'll be sharing exclusive NAX industry insights and data to help convenience retailers capitalize on the opportunities that can deepen loyalty and engagement with shoppers. Lori, Den, welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Glad to have you with us in the studio, and we just want to talk a little bit about your both past presenters at Impact, and uh, so you know the lay of the land, but now you're going to be speaking in our general session, uh, kind of kicking things off for us. So what are your thoughts as you return to Impact? What are you excited to share this year? I love Impact, A, because I'm an Illinois girl and getting back to the area feels like I'm home and I see a lot of familiar faces and a lot of familiar banners. But um, I think, you know, what this industry needs most right now uh, is easiest executed uh, in the Midwest. And I'll talk about that a little bit uh, from the stage. But I just love coming back and, and seeing the energy and the excitement about our industry back in full force. Well, the thing I'm most excited about is I'm going to be there in person this year. Uh, last yeah. year, I had to do it virtually. My my son was getting his driver's license that day, so had to be here on damage control if necessary. Fortunately, he passed and there was no issues there. But again, take a look at what these markets are doing, uh, what they've done so far. Uh, at the time, we'll be past it already, but we'll be past the one-year uh, anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm. What's kind of the outlook for oil markets? We always have that price appreciation that goes from the from the winter to the spring and summer. What's that going to look like? Are we going to see five dollars again? Personally, I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, there there could be an event out there that we just don't see coming that could throw this thing into upheaval. But Again, I do think we're in for a kind of milder price this summer. Well, that's uh, your topic area is going to be new term trends to watch. And so, uh, Denton's just kind of keying off what you just talked about there. What are some of the new trends you've already seen in 2023? And what are some of the areas of opportunities that we may see on the horizon? Well, I think gasoline demand has gotten off to a really slow start. And I think we had a stronger January than we get that we're used to. January usually is a, is a period of low prices. Uh, we just simply didn't get that just because of global global events. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to remember we're all part of this global market. 
and the reopening of the or the loosening of the COVID zero policies of China was expected to bring this huge inflow of, of oil demand and be the tide that lifts all boats. We really haven't seen too much of that yet. Uh, I think because Russia was limited on who they could sell their oil to, I do believe that China and India were kind of loading up on that. Now, as they run through that cheap oil that they bought from Russia uh, last year, uh, that's when we start to see things start to to kind of ramp up from a price perspective. But you know, the calls for 150 and 200 dollars that we saw last year, they're simply not there right now. I think we're going to see uh, global refinery expansion. There's going to be more quote unquote juice out there, more refineries. And as far as new builds in the United States, they just don't exist. But we've seen refiners bolt on capacity to them. ExxonMobil is opening a, a big one in the in, towards the end of the first quarter at Beaumont. So they're, it's the size of another kind of brand new refinery. So hmm. I do think the refining capacity is coming online. We'll talk a little bit about renewable diesel. Uh, that's another big, big opportunity and a big trend uh, mm-hmm. in, in the U.S. And most of that stuff goes to California. But other states are looking at the kind of implementing a, a low carbon fuel standard type of program as well. Does that mean, you know, maybe not every drop of renewable diesel goes to uh, California, maybe some stays into a little bit more local markets, but also how does uh, sustainable aviation fuel kind of throw a bit of a monkey wrench into, into, into the mix because that credit is a dollar 50 versus a dollar. So if I'm deciding on making something, well, I'm going to make, as much SAF as I possibly can because I get a dollar fifty credit versus a one dollar credit as a, as a, as the blender of record basically. We'll save a little bit for April because <laughs> I can tell you by April fifth there's going to be a lot of folks that want to hear you give an update on this topic. So absolutely, uh, no, that's a great insights for what's to come and from from your presentation and some key takeaways. Obviously, you're going to be able to share a little bit of what you see on the horizon and also what these trends are coming down uh, for the summer and the fall. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lori, you've always got a lot of data and information as well that you brought to speak and and share before. Your topic, how technology and the human experience position convenience for growth. Can you talk a little bit about what things that you plan to share with folks at your presentation? Yeah, you know, for me, it's just as the industry becomes and as retail in general becomes much more digital. uh, And certainly we've seen people in a post-pandemic world continue to kind of cling to their devices, right? And so this idea of face-to-face interactions continues to be somewhat diminished. Um, And when we think about how that plays into how humans interact with each other, I mean, let's face it, humans need other people um, for connections. A statistic that somebody shared with me the other day that I just hadn't put the numbers to but found just incredibly uh, empowering was if you add up the number of convenience stores in the United States, 150,174, and compare that to total grocery, drug, Dollar, McDonald's, and Starbucks, you're basically at parity in terms of the number of store count. Hmm. And then when you think about the number of people who come through our doors every single day, 165 million transactions um, the last time we put pen and paper to it, to me, those are opportunities for us to connect with a human being, that person who's left their home, Hmm. maybe they're working from home two days a week, and they just need to take a walk, get out of the house, get a cup of coffee. Maybe it's not the morning day part anymore. Maybe it's shifted to later in the day. But this idea that the way we combat the digitization 
of shopping, e-commerce is by being that place where when somebody walks in the door, it's a familiar face, it's a familiar place, they know what we like to drink, they know what we're going to smoke or what have you, and we belong. And I think being able to belong today matters. Uh, It certainly is the antidote to crime. It's the antidote to labor issues. People take care of the things that they belong to. And so for me, there's a real powerful opportunity for us as an industry to really connect with people on a human level and use that to really catapult against some of the challenges we're having with e-commerce and labor uh, and traffic in general. So what roles do you see technology and training playing in that human-to-human experience, uh, whether you're training the customer or training your staff? So I, I think there's a training for both, but let's start with our staff because if our people don't get it, they aren't going to be able to service the customer the way the customer expects. We're seeing a whole generation of people who are, quite frankly, not comfortable interacting with others. They're very comfortable to be the guy fulfilling the order, uh, stocking the shelf, working in the kitchen, but put them at a counter looking at another human being eyeball to eyeball. And for some people, they're not comfortable. Certainly as we think about younger staff that might be coming into our stores. And so we have to stop and A, make sure that we're hiring people for the right role. We've got somebody who's not comfortable doing customer service and a customer facing job. We can't expect them to deliver this exemplary service. And then two, Once we identify the right roles for the right people, how do we train them to drive the efficiencies that are going to be required for us? You know, the labor dollar is not getting any cheaper. uh, And as we see direct store operating expenses rise, it's how do we get more out of every single staff hour? Uh, And it starts with having the right person and then really training them to excel in the roles that they have so that we can reduce turnover, but more importantly, make that experience so great for the shopper that they keep, keep coming back time and time again. Excellent. I mean, the the consumer really is king right now, right? And they're dictating not just the way they interact, but how they want to interact, uh, whether it be digitally, whether it be face-to-face, by what they're buying, by their buying behavior. Well, and I think one of the, uh, you couldn't be more right. And I think one of the things that we often make the mistake of, I mean, researchers love to build beautiful clusters and segment people and give them personas, et cetera. But the personas aren't constant throughout the day. And that hairy time-starved shopper in the morning who wants to come in, get a cup of coffee and maybe a, you know, a packaged sweet snack and use self-checkout and be out the door in three minutes could very well be the exact same person coming in at three o'clock in the afternoon with a little bit of time between meetings and they want to sit down, they want to get a salad, they want to get a, you know, a made-to-order cup of coffee, plug in their device and take care of a little bit of business before they're on to their next stop. And if we're servicing them as the hurried customer always, then they're going to go someplace else when, they, when they're looking for opportunities to relax and linger. At the same time, if we're not providing people with those opportunities to not wait in a queue and get in and get out, and they're on a trip where they need to have a very quick transaction, then they too will look for another place. So we've got to start to understand who are they and what choices are we giving them to meet them at where they are at that point in the day. Not easy. And choices are only exponentially increasing um, as we see EVs entering the marketplace. And I know, Denton, you're probably going to get questions about that too, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's it's one of those things that you have to be obviously aware of uh, for station owners. They, they, they have some big decisions to make over the next couple of years. Do I install charging? Is, is my local government, is my state government, do they have any grants? You know, if your government's going to give you free money, you may want to look into something like that. But again, it's it's going to be a big part of the mix. But 
again, the other thing we're dealing with as a you know petroleum industry is vehicle efficiency. The cars we drive now get a lot more miles per gallon than they did 10 years ago. So we're doing more with less. You know, we look at data from the v, uh, National Highway Association and you see uh, vehicle miles travel getting close to 2019 levels, but we're not using as much gasoline. Why is that? Because those ga- those cars, those internal combustion engines are a lot better than they used to be. And I think that's for gasoline demand, at least this decade, that's probably the bigger challenge more so than EVs. Although EVs, I mean... Last night, the Super Bowl ran, and it felt like every other commercial was about an electric car. But then there was also the disclaimer that this car will not be available until 2025. So uh, I think in the short term and possibly the rest of this decade, uh, internal combustion engine efficiencies is the bigger challenge for gasoline demand. And then I think once we get into the 2030s, that's when the electric vehicle becomes a little bit more intrusive into gasoline demand. But I'll preface this by saying it, by saying this, is that it's only going to be, it only seems right now to be in certain parts of the country. Well, as, a, as I had a good friend that always told me, the, the consumer bats last. So this is an age of technology and consumer choice. And uh, so much of our future business decisions will be based on those twin factors um, as things continue to roll out. And it's great to have speakers like yourself who can talk so easily back and forth, even between the two of you, just like in this conversation about both of these topics, because I think they're going to be driving forces for quite some time, um, not just our industry, in many industries, and uh, as as so much is evolving in the marketplace. But you can only hear more if you come to Impact uh, April 4th through 6th in Indianapolis, and you can hear and get a chance to meet Denton and Lori Bustillman directly at our general session, get a chance, hopefully you'll get a chance to stick around and talk a little bit after you speak. Then we'll have that opportunity to to have a little bit more dialogue about how technology, new trends, the human experience, how all of that is driving this decision-making and uh, behaviors of our customers for the future. So join us at the general session, Wednesday, April 5th, 9 a.m. to 10.30. It's a non-ticketed event, but please RSVP when you register at impact.org for the show coming up April 4th through 6th, 2023 in Indianapolis. So any parting thoughts, Lori, Denton, things that you want to tell folks, make sure you read ahead, think about, or come prepared to ask me about? Well, I would just say, think about how you shop today and come prepared to ask me how that's going to manifest itself inside the store that you operate. Yeah. And I've always loved to talk about kind of future trends in, in petroleum markets and, and and prices and where we think prices are going to go and would love to do it over a shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's. Oh, there you go. Now you're talking <laughs> about language. That sounds great. Well, you know, Indianapolis and you know, even though you weren't there in person last time, then you'll be there in person this time. And Lori, we're so glad to have you back with us again. Great presenters, uh, industry leaders. We appreciate you all very much. And you can only hear them live and in person at Impact together. I don't think you're together anywhere else between now and April 6th. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get a chance to hear them together, come to our general session uh, in Indianapolis. Thank you all so much for being with us. All right. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you there. And we look forward to seeing you at Impact 2023, April 4th through 6th in Indianapolis. Visit us online at www.impact.org. Impact details and sponsorship opportunities can be found at m-pack.org.